Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer. I'm the Dream Business Coach, and I have another fantastic interview today. I'm talking with Paxton Gray from 97th Floor, which is a digital marketing firm. Uh, Paxton is the Executive Vice President of Operations at 97th Floor and is responsible for the overall work the agency produces for clients like Discover, ESPN, and Salesforce. Some heavy-hitting clients. That's impressive. He started in digital marketing in 2007 and joined 97th Floor in 2013. Paxson has been a featured speaker at industry conferences all over the world, sharing insights learned through client work. Paxson also teaches a course in digital marketing and analytics at BYU. And um, he comes from Salt Lake City, Utah. How are you doing today, Paxson? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. I guess it's pretty doggone hot. You and I are talking here like early, late, late July, early August, I guess. Oh, my goodness. It's very hot. <laughs> yep, about 95 degrees right now. And, and that's why they call it summer. Everybody's trying to look for a reason why it's hot. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the middle of summer. Um, so I'm just curious. So you're, you're an entrepreneur. I love talking with other entrepreneurs and you're in marketing, which is, which is doggone good. What, are you a first generation entrepreneur? Did your, were your parents or grandparents, did anybody inspire you not to go get a uh, kind of a 1040 job, so to speak? <laughs> um, <clears throat> My uh, grandpa actually owned a lot of different businesses. Uh, and so I'd say, you know, watching him uh, was definitely an inspiration and in starting my own thing and doing my own thing. Are you from um, Salt Lake City originally? Is that where you're born and raised? Uh, no, I'm actually from Las Vegas. That's where, that's where I grew up. Oh, wow. Very, very different. Yeah. 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 Those couldn't be further in cultural, <laughs> culturally speaking. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. So did you go to college? That yeah, was a great place to grow up. Um, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what brought me out to Utah. Actually. Uh, I came out here for college. Uh, I always said I would never live in Utah, but I would just be here for college. And then I'd leave. My plan was to always go work at a, a big, sexy New York advertising agency. That's what I studied was advertising. And then, um, it time came to do internships and I, I met a girl and got engaged and, that girl does not like the idea of living in New York or big cities. Uh, so uh, I started looking around here to, to find a job. And um, that's when I heard about Nice and Floor. And the name just sounded like the big, sexy New York ad agency. Um, so I applied and it ended up being, you know, just a really tiny agency back then. But I realized, hey, if I, if I you know, bust my butt here, I can... Uh, work and, and help turn it into the big sexy ad agency I always wanted to work at. And so that's it's what I've been so working for the past six of, years. Yeah, the names of companies like 97th Floor, I immediately envisioned the 97th Floor. <laughs> you guys probably yeah. do you even have a second floor. I mean, Utah doesn't have a lot of huge buildings. No, I think the tallest building here in Utah is uh, 36 floors. Uh, but yeah, the name was you know designed to help invoke that idea of big 
LA, New York style agency. And I think it does a good job of that. When, uh, but, and now we're actually, we're, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was gonna say we, you know, we so we started here in in Utah, but we're expanding out. We have an office in San Francisco, and um, hopefully on the horizon, in the next year or two, we'll we'll be out in New York as well. So I'll finally get to have that New York agency experience. Scratch, honey, I gotta go check on the East Coast office. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, right. So, were you always interested in digital marketing, or did you say you, did you get a degree in in marketing in general? So I got a degree in advertising and I was trained primarily in traditional uh, advertising. So media buying, radio billboards, commercials, uh, writing scripts for radio, that kind of thing. And uh, I did, however, to put myself through college, I got a job doing tech support at a company that built and hosted websites. So when their site went down or they had to set up their own custom email, they would call and I would have walked them through how to fix whatever technical issue they were dealing with. And through that process, I would often get people calling and saying, great, well, I have this new website. What am I supposed to do with it? Like, how do I get people to come to this site? And it's through that that I started to learn about, you know, SEO and digital marketing. And I started to realize just how powerful this is going to become. And so I decided to pivot out of the traditional stuff that I felt was dying into something that I thought was uh, growing a lot faster than that. And that's, that's proven to be true. And in, in at least measuring ad spend and media spend, uh, digital is quickly outpacing all the other traditional media. So, uh, yeah, they couldn't be further, they couldn't be further in distance apart from each other, traditional marketing and, and digital marketing and things like that. So 97th floor, um, I think you mentioned Discover, ESPN, Salesforce. I know you've done work with Capital One and Dell. I mean, some really um, enviable clients. How long have you been around? Or how, you know, how long has 97th floor been around? We've been around as a brand for 14 years. We're just about to hit 14 years. And uh, it was only about seven years ago that they decided, uh, back then it was just Chris Bennett, our founder, and he was kind of running things by himself with some contractors. Uh, but about seven years ago is when they decided to turn into like a big full-fledged agency. So I always say we've been, we've been a brand for 14 years, but we've been an agency um, for seven years. Very cool. So that's, that's really some rocket ship growth there. Um, do you, so with your clients, especially the large ones, I'm curious about, because I, I deal mostly in the entrepreneurial small business space with, is it the same thing, just a much higher scale? Are you helping them with content? Like, what do they come to you for? Yeah, it's it's, it's typically very, I mean, we do work with some smaller uh, businesses. Um, we have an, um, an SMB division and an enterprise division. Um, and the work is, uh, it's similar in terms of, <clears throat> Uh, like from a high level strategy perspective, but very different in execution. So typically when we work with our large clients, we're working on some piece of their digital marketing. So uh, for Salesforce, we work a lot with their content and promotion. So a lot of the content you read on their blog and landing pages is stuff that we've produced. Um, with uh, Capital One, similar, you know, we work a lot with their content and promotion. Um, some companies were just doing promotion and trying to do kind of a digital PR push and get the word out. Um, and then usually, you know, it's, you, we get into like mid tier, smaller companies. That's when we're kind of owning the entire digital marketing strategy. Um, 
SEO, we're doing PPC, content marketing, marketing automation, email marketing, um, even, you know, landing page creation, website design. So uh, it can really run the gamut, but typically with the larger enterprises, you know, they have a lot of in-house resources. They have a lot of predetermined partnerships. And so we're handling some piece of that, um, that pie, that digital marketing pie. Very cool. Um, what's your take on email? I mean, it seems like half the people you talk, oh, email's dead. Well, it's really not dead. I mean, it's getting more challenging, but you're still making money at it. Do you guys focus in email marketing? Oh, yeah, a lot. Email's great. Uh, email, I mean, if you just do it, if you do it right, email is great. Um, so much potential. Uh, and it's, I would say it's currently just so much squandered potential. Um, I mean, if your if your email strategy is uh, is a spray and pray method, then it's it's going to do not just it, it's not just going to be a wasted effort. It's going to actually do harm, in my opinion, to your brand. Everyone hates getting just peppered with with promotional emails, but if it's very tailored and it adds value to the experience of your potential customer, uh, there's nothing but upside in email. So if you have the logic built out, which you know, I think on the surface seems very simple and easy, but in, in practice is, it's very difficult. It's much more like computer programming than it is just for writing out simple marketing strategy. Right. Um, but if you can do it right, uh, email marketing is, is a great thing to focus on. What, so much potential there. Yeah. What roles do um, KPIs, key performance indicators play in the day-to-day -day operations of, of an agency like yours? So our culture is pretty unique in my opinion. Um, I think a lot of agencies operate off of, you have a strong executive team and then a lot of entry level people and the entry level people just do whatever they're told by the executive team. And I think there's merits to that model. Um, for us though, uh, we operate on a system called row. So it's a results only work environment. Basically it means that people are judged 100% on the results that they produce for our clients. So our contracts typically are based off of results. So they'll come in and say, you know, we're contracted to get X percentage of increase in your organic traffic or this cost per click on your PPC or whatever. So it's, it, you know, our typical contracts are based around key performance indicators for the agency. Well, we get to then turn around and say, you know, for the teams that these clients are assigned to, that's how the team is measured. And that's how the employees on that team is measured. So, you know, if you're getting all the metrics that you need to hit, you know, you're done, your job's done. So you can either go home, you can invest more time in growth. Um, but there's, it's not a nine to five here at 97 floor. Everyone, everyone lives local. So we don't farm out and contract out work, but everyone can work whenever they want, wherever they want, as much or as little as they want, as long as they're getting their work done. So that sounds nice and rosy, but there's some, you know, there's a, there's another side to that coin. And that is if you're not getting your work done, if you're not getting the results, you're gone. And so it becomes very, um, on one hand, from a management perspective, it becomes very easy. I don't need, I, you know, I no longer do I need to look up from my desk and think, Hey, where's, where's Joe? I don't see him at his desk today. Um, it doesn't matter to me where Joe is. I see the dashboard that I have where I can see Joe's performance and Joe's doing great. So I don't need to worry about where he is anymore. I also don't have to deal with vacation time approvals. You know, they don't have to come to me and say, Hey, I've got a dentist appointment. It's fine. You just do whatever you need to do to get your job done. Now that includes wow. being present for clients. So we, you know, we, we obviously operate, we have clients. And so we have meetings with those clients. And so those are required meetings. Um, 
So it's not like it's ultimate flexibility where it's like be do, you know, anytime uh, you have to be available for that. Um, but outside of that, you know, our, our team meetings, our one-on-one -on -one meetings, our company meetings, everything is optional. So if you feel like you're not getting value out of those meetings, don't come. Um, fortunately that, that allows us to have a good gauge on the management side of if this meeting, you know, is not being very well attended, it must mean that it's not adding a lot of value. So I need to change up whether or not we even have this meeting or how do we change this meeting to be more valuable to the people so that they decide to come. But anyway, my point is, uh, while on one side it, it takes a lot of weight off of the shoulders of management to deal with all of the hassle of, of administration and time. Uh, on the other hand, it puts a lot of weight on the management shoulders to focus on these key performance indicators. So it becomes imperative that you have key performance indicators for every employee in the organization so that you can judge their, uh, their work appropriately and well, which is uh, a lot easier said than done um, because the job is so involved and require has so many moving parts. Um, the KPIs that you build out have to be have to reflect that um, complexity. So uh, it requires a lot of setup. But then once that's set up uh, and and KPIs are established and well known across the board, management becomes very easy because it's just a question of are you getting your KPIs or not. If the answer is no, do I need to provide more resources or training to help you get that? What do I need to do to help you hit those goals? And um, and then, you know, with enough time uh, that should turn around, we should start hitting those goals or it just doesn't turn around and we find somebody else to sit in that seat. What's the turn? I'm just curious. You don't have to be specific, but the turnover, because it sounds like it's a, on one hand, like I said, it's a great company to work with and work for. So I don't know if you had a lot of people applying and then kind of, kind of like you went to the service. Some people will drop out, right? They're just yeah. cut it. Is, is it like that? I mean, or have you had pretty good uh, retention? Um, we, we have a really great retention when it, uh, um, we, it's interesting we, we started this row system. Um, I assumed everyone was just going to be like over the moon about it because, you know, you can work wherever you want, take vacations whenever you want. You're only responsible for your work. And, um, and it was interesting when we switched to that system, we had, I think three people quit because they just couldn't handle only being accountable for their work. You know, they, they, they like the idea of saying, well, even if I'm not getting the results, at least I'm showing up every day and I'm trying really hard. Um, whereas with this new system, it doesn't matter really. If you're trying really hard and you're, if you're working 80 hours a week, that doesn't matter if you're not getting the results. All that matters is, are you getting the results? So, um, so we had, you know, I think it was about three people quit uh, around that time. But since then, um, our retention rate for employees is great. Um, and uh, because it, it, it's just very clear and, and we provide a lot of resources to help people do their jobs well. Um, and so uh, all this has resulted in an increase in people applying for jobs. And so it allows us to be a lot more selective about who we bring on. Um, and that, that ability to be selective um, allows us to just bring on better talent, which you know, we have a much higher chance of that talent doing well once they come on board. So, so overall, our, our retention is, is really good. Um, it all, allows us to be very competitive with pay and benefits. And so it's, it's pretty rare when somebody leaves, leaves 97 floor. It's interesting that you have a marketing background and 
while you went to school traditional and, and got into digital marketing. I feel like I'm interviewing somebody who's got it all together in the leadership <laughs> field. Where did, where, did, uh, where did you got, I mean, seriously, you're espousing some pretty cool stuff. I'm sure they didn't teach that in college. So where, where did you pick up those jobs? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure that I actually am the best at, at leadership. Um, I, I have learned uh, a lot from uh, Chris Bennett, our founder, and, and Wayne Slide, our COO. Um, those guys uh, kind of were the ones that Chris Bennett started it, and then he brought Wayne Slight on and has his first like full-time hire. So these guys kind of really started Nice and Flores, an agency. And uh, one thing that I love about them is they are very trusting. Um, and if you, if you do your homework and you make a good case, they're very hands-off. And so largely I've been allowed to do kind of what I want to do and what I think is best. And that has allowed me to learn very quickly, make mistakes quickly and learn from those mistakes. Um, and so I, I've, I've been, in my opinion, kind of like on a fast track of leadership training over the past six years. Um, and, uh, it's been, it's been a wild ride fun. Um, but we've, we've learned a lot of really cool things. And, uh, I think that ability to change any system we have on a dime, as long as we have uh, evidence that it will be beneficial to nice and floor and ultimately beneficial for the clients that we do work for, um, that allows us to just learn really fast and, and experiment and try new systems. There are other cool innovative systems that we've tried that just haven't worked out. Um, but uh, we're also quick to pivot away from those once we have evidence that they won't work. So yeah, I'd say it's just a, it's a, it's a matter of uh, executing very quickly and then pivoting once we know things don't work. That, that allows us to learn a lot of lessons very quickly. Where do you think a lot of, switching back to marketing now, where do you think a lot of your, uh, the demand for your time in uh, you know, 97 floors, um, strategies, et cetera. Are people coming to, I mean, do they just throw out digital marketing as a big term or do they say, I need help with SEO or, you know, pay-per-click or I need, you know, like what's the, what's, where's the biggest need right now? How are you finding? Um, <clears throat> I think uh, organic uh, SEO is a big need across the board. You'd probably say nationwide it's, it's a big need. Something that's growing really, really fast is, is PPC. So, um, and when I say PPC, I mean both uh, paid search and paid social. And uh, the reason that that is such a big need is because uh, the platforms are becoming much more advanced, each one of them individually. So like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google AdWords, and uh, Quora is actually, they just released a, a paid platform as well. Um, so it's becoming much more difficult to have one, any one individual manage all of these platforms successfully and people are being forced to hire on additional talent. And what that's doing is it's drying up the talent pool. And so um, it's very, very difficult to hire somebody with really good experience in PPC because they're just in such demand right now. Um, and so that, that creates a big uh, need for agencies to fill that gap um, as, as it's so difficult to fill these in-house positions for paid. Um, so that's coming. And then I also think uh, SEO is going to be playing an even bigger role as the, you know, depending on what happens with the economy. Um, if, if, if the economy starts to slow down and there are uh, budgets start to dry up, uh, companies are going to become increasingly reliant on organic 
to produce results for their company and to get them through periods of uh, lower budgets. Whereas PPC, you know, that's, that turns on immediately and you get results, you get leads. But as soon as that budget dries up and you turn it off, that's all gone. Whereas P uh, SEO, if you invest in that now, that can create results even if you cut investment later on. So I think as, as uh, depending on what happens with the economy, um, we could see uh, a, a kind of increase of uh, investment in SEO to prepare for, for things that might happen in the future. So when you say organic, uh, organic SEO and, and you know, um, social and things like that, are you talking videos, blogs, podcasts, like all the above? including more. Yeah. So, um, so SEO, uh, I, I guess when I, when I say SEO, I'm talking primarily, um, you know, Google. So rankings on Google and traffic coming from Google. Um, and then content marketing kind of fits within that as well. Um, so creating podcasts, creating landing pages, creating, uh, white, white papers and downloads and things to attract an audience. So SEO can play a part in driving people to your content, but that's kind of where marketing automation then takes the reins and says, you know, we've gotten this traffic from SEO. How do we do everything that we can to squeeze every drop of that, out of that lemon and get the biggest bang for our buck? Um, so, you know, what kind of content do we need to deliver to them? When do we need to deliver that? And what kind of calls to action do we need to have at each step of the way as to increase the maximum value from the traffic that we're getting from SEO? So it's all very intertwined and um, uh, mixed mixed in with each other. Um, it's it, it's not a good idea, in my opinion, to just focus on on one without giving thought to how the others play into improving each other. And that's nice in Florida. Like um, one of our big philosophies in marketing is is how integrated all of these pieces are. Um, you know, a lot of agencies kind of have things siloed, and they say, "This is the PPC department over here. This is the SEO department over here. This is the marketing automation department." And you guys each do your thing. We've we've broken down those silos, and instead we have teams that are organized based off of a book of business. And so a client will come on, and we say, "Okay, here's this client," and that team consists of someone who does SEO, and someone who does PPC, and a content marketer, and marketing automation, and a designer, and a writer. Um, so you get a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds and skill sets all working together on one campaign. And that allows people to say, hey, your SEO is great here, but you're neglecting to think about what's going to happen after that person visits this page. Let's get some content marketing in or let's get some marketing automation in so that we can get more benefit from that page that you, you did a good job. You got that to rank, but how can we get that to actually translate into profit for a company? So, um, yeah. Anyway, I've kind of gone on a little rant here, but they're all they're all kind of interconnected. So organic involves podcasts and it involves social and it involves SEO and content marketing and, and paid plays in, in all of that as well. Got it. What are some of the mistakes you're seeing that people are making? Maybe things that you help them with or just things you're observing? Um, I, I, attribution is a, is a, a very difficult thing for a lot of companies to wrap their heads around and it's resulting in a lot of wasted marketing spent. Um, so uh, getting the right software in place to figure out what is happening, who's coming to our site, what are they doing when they get there and what's preventing them from converting. Um, you'd be surprised at how many large organizations can't answer those basic questions. Um, so I think that's the biggest mistake that 
is being made out there is just not understanding really what your customers are doing when they come to your site. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so you, you Rose, I mean, I'm looking at your, your picture on your profile. You look like a pretty young guy or, or maybe you're 15. You still got the 20 year old face, but you rose pretty, <laughs> you rose pretty quickly. How, how did you, um, how'd you do that? Get, get a seat at the C-suite table, so to speak. Um, I, I think there's some element of luck just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and then, you know, where luck isn't a part of it, I'd say my main philosophy has always been do everything I can to give value to those around me. So, um, you know, what, what can I do to help lift or lift up 97th floor, even if it doesn't benefit me directly? Um, that's always kind of been my, my mantra. And then I will say, uh, you know, I kind of eat, eat, uh, eat, sleep and breathe 97th floor. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, I have it in my core, you know, it's like, uh, I kind of view it as an exception myself. So it's basically, I, you know, I work and, and this is what I love to do. And then I have my family and my kids and that's my life. You know, I, I work, I do family and I kids and I come back and I work. And that's, um, fortunately for me, like work truly is something that I love. I absolutely love what I do. And I love 97th floor as a company. Um, and so that makes, the time investment very easy. That's where the magic happens for sure. When, when, That's right. You say you love what you do and all that. It sounds sometimes cliche-ish, but seriously, when you on Sunday night instead of going, "Oh crap," you're going, "Oh yes." You know? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited on Monday mornings to come to come in and and I always tell people and they never believe me, but if money were no issue, like if I you know had all my needs taken care of and I didn't have to work, I would still do what I'm doing. This is like what I want to do with my life, and I I love it. That's awesome. Well, what a fun interview, Paxton. Thank you. How can people uh, learn more about you and, and or uh, 97th Floor and connect with you guys? Yeah, so you can learn more about 97th Floor. It's 97thfloor.com. That's 97thfloor.com. Uh, and you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. It's probably where I'm most active. Um, it's just uh, Paxton M. I think it's just Paxton Gray on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not a lot of Paxton Grays out there, so. <laughs> I know that's one name I, I don't think you're going to run into a, a lot of competition, but um, well, what a real treat. Thanks so much for coming on Dream Business Radio, Paxton. I really appreciate it. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Paxton Gray from 97th Floor, who I think he says on the 11th floor. <laughs> that's just a cool name right there. <laughs> and um, hey, if you're not connected with me anywhere else other than this podcast, you can fix that. I'm, I am also on LinkedIn, and you can find me at my free Facebook group called Build Your Dream Business Now. But until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.